Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, the Shake, the developer, and the billion dollar dispute, the Paddy McKillen court case. We were offered the hotel group on the Wednesday. We closed the sale on the Friday. And I got on the plane to come over and see the hotels on the Saturday. The Irish hotel tycoon Paddy McKillen is in the battle of his life, fighting members of the Qatari royal family. At stake is a £1.5 billion legal battle involving some of the world's most luxurious hotels, from the Maybourne Beverly Hills to Claridge's of London. Claridge's likes to flirt with its fashion and cultural connections, and now has an artist in residence who stays 52 nights a year in exchange for drawings. In the past, the Belfast-born property developer has successfully fought the likes of Nama and the Barclay brothers, but his dispute with the Qatari royal family is like nothing he's faced before. This battle was going to be different because he's, he's effectively, he says he's going up against this wealthy Arab state. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today on the Indo-Daily I'm joined by Shane Phelan, legal affairs editor at the Irish Independent, to look at the billion dollar courtroom battle against members of the Qatari royal family and the explosive allegations made against Paddy McKillen. Shane, what do we know about Paddy McKillen and how he made his fortune? Um, well, Paddy McKillen, I suppose, would have be at this stage one of Ireland's best-known property tycoons. But for for many years, he was also the most low-profile, and people knew very little about him. He managed to amass this incredible uh, uh, property empire stretching across the globe without really featuring uh, in the media. So much so that you know, wh- uh, when he did come to media attention, he became involved in a quite high-profile legal dispute that. Uh, there were uh, newspapers all over Ireland scrambling to find a photograph of him. You know, so little was known about him, which is it's kind of extraordinary because this is a guy who counts Bono, uh, Jim Sheridan, the movie producer, people like that. They're among his circle of friends. So the next morning I drove from Cap Ferrat. I stopped outside Bono's house in Ez. He came racing up the hill, jumped in the car, went to Monaco in the chopper and we flew to Cannes on the boat and we went out to the yacht. And instead of me trying to sell the Savoy, 
Bono suited for me. For him to have gone so long, I suppose, relatively unnoticed is an extraordinary thing. He uh, was born in Belfast and I suppose he had a relatively comfortable upbringing. Uh, his, fa- his family... Uh, had a, a business, a chain of, of tyre and exhaust stores called DC Ex- Exhausts. Despite that, I suppose he didn't rest on his family's laurels. He, he went out to make his own fortune. So during the Troubles, he was dispatched by his father to Dublin as a 16-year-old for work. And initially he worked in the clothing trade. And then over the next 30 years, he, he built up a, a domestic portfolio of shopping centres, retail properties. Eventually we went from logistics to um, shopping centres and our first two hotels in Dublin was the Temple Bar Hotel and then we bought the Clarence with some partners. And he also established a, a real estate empire uh, abroad and this now stretches from uh, from London to Tokyo uh, where he has uh, hotel interests. As I was saying, this low-key approach that he's had, it's kept him out of the media spotlight. All of that changed after he got involved in a luxury hotel uh, group now known as the Mayborn Hotel Group, the owners of uh, Claridge's, uh, the Berkeley and the Connacht hotels in London, you know, among the most exclusive hotels in the world. Famed for its Art Deco interior, the hotel has two miles of corridors, 400 staff, and serves over 1,000 lobsters and 60,000 bottles of champagne a year. He became involved in what can only be described as one of the most bitter and uh, lengthy legal disputes in living memory. So we really got to know Paddy McKillen when he was facing down Nama and then there was um, a story around the with the Barclay brothers as well. Can you tell me a bit about those? So like a lot of property developers you know, after the, the Great Recession, you know, loans were being taken into the National Asset Management Agency. But unlike other developers or many other developers, Paddy McKillen's loans were performing and he didn't want this to happen. And he, he, he took a, a landmark case, went all the way to the Supreme Court in 2011. And this was prevented 2.1 billion in performing loans to companies he was associated with being transferred into the toxic loans agency. So that was one legal battle we got to, to know a bit, a bit about Paddy McKillen from. But then came this row with the Barclay brothers. I mean, this was a battle that Paddy McKillen had to win. And he has come up with close to 300 million euros to repay in full his personal loans to the former Anglo-Irish bank, which is now called IBRC. And if he had lost this case, uh, if the Barclay brothers, who also his rivals for, for the control of these hotels, if, if they had succeeded on this bid, they would have moved to bankrupt him and cause his entire empire to come crashing down. But uh, having won, he gets to fight another day. Frederick and David, owners of the Daily Telegraph newspaper, they attempted a hostile takeover of the Mayborn Hotel Group in London, where Paddy McKillen had a substantial stake. Now, this was one of the most bitter and long-running cases in living memory. There were 11 court actions in the UK involved in this, and eventually the Barclays abandoned the takeover bid, and they sold out to Qatari investors who were allied with Paddy McKillen. And it's interesting because, you know, he's in the news at the moment because he's in dispute with these Qatari investors, members of uh, the, the, the royal family there. But um, 
only a couple of years ago, the picture was an awful lot rosier and he spoke in a, in a very, very rare interview about how the link up with the Qataris came about and how he was effectively, they rode to his rescue or, or they became his, his friends in business. So that's where the relationship between the Qatari royals started for McKillen. Do we know who these individuals are that are involved in the case that we're talking about now? Yeah, so we're talking about a former emir of Qatar, Sheikh Hamad bin Khalifa Al Thani. An emir being a, a... A king, effectively. And a former prime minister, Sheikh Hamad bin uh, Jassim Jabber Al Thani. They're basically the, uh, the two individuals who hold the ownership stake in the hotels. For a while, I suppose, Paddy McKillen would have had nice things to say about the Qataris. He gave this interview in 2019 to um, an Italian journalist and intellectual, uh, Alan Elkan, one of the very, very rare interviews Paddy McKillen has given. And he he spoke about the, the row with the Barclay brothers and how they basically came in and said, we own 64% of this company, you are out of here. And there was what McKillen described the, the court cases that was spawned for, that went over five years as, as being ugly and that throughout it all the Qataris were always offering him assistance in the background and he said that they loved the way he defended the hotels I think everybody you know there's not very few people that don't like hotel ownership we already ran to hotels in Dublin so there was hospitality in our blood we liked it when he got a deal agreed with the Barclay brothers, he says that he invited the Qataris in. Um, so the, the, the way the deal worked was Paddy McKinnon had a 36% stake in the hotel group and the Qataris bought the rest. But under the deal, he was to stay on for a period of seven years to manage the hotels, to build the, uh, the group even further. So since then, there's... Three other hotels, there's the Emery in uh, London, there's the uh, Maybourne Riviera in France and there's the Maybourne Beverly Hills in Los Angeles. And back in that interview in 2019, he painted a picture of quite a harmonious relationship, but that was all completely shattered in May of last year. So Shane, can you tell me then what happened in May of last year? Well, that was the time we believed that Paddy McKillen was due to get this deferred payment for his stake. As far as we know, that was a moving number. It, it would depend on the value of the group at the time. So seven years on, he's developed these extra hotels. Anyone who's seen that BBC documentary, The Great Mayfair Mega Build, will have seen the work that uh, he was involved in in Claridge's. They dug out a f- five-storey basement, added four new floors. It was incredible uh, to watch uh, how, how they did it. Basically, there seems to have been a disagreement as to what McKillen should have got. And there was a lot of speculation about this seen figures of 1 billion, 1.2 billion, 1.6 billion pounds. As it turns out, Paddy McKillen gave us this figure uh, in the Irish Independent last week. He believes he's owed 1.5 billion pounds by the Qataris, but they refused to pay up. And this all came to a head in May of last year. Paddy McKillen was removed from the Mayborn board. So was his close advisor, Liam Cunningham. And you also had two project managers, a guy called Frank Sinton and another guy called Ronnie Delaney, who's 
the son of the Olympic champion of the same name. And these guys work really closely with Paddy McKillen uh, on various hotel building projects. And they found their right of access to the hotels were removed. And there was letters being sent around by people in Mayborn, which ultimately led to the filing of lawsuits by Ronnie Delaney uh, and and Frank Sinton. And uh, here we are a, a year on and the dispute is uh, is still rumbling. Uh, we understand that there is private arbitration process taking place at the moment, but scattered around that, you have lawsuits in Ireland, England, France, and Los Angeles as well. All involving the same people? All spawning from the same issue. Panny McKillen being effectively forced out of Mayborne and not being paid. And in a way some of his associates being seen as collateral damage in this row between him and the Qataris. Shane, you might give me a few details on those four cases that you mentioned. Yeah, so first of these that we became aware of was uh, was Ronnie Delaney, and he took an action in the uh, in the High Court in Dublin, just effectively a, a, a defamation and a conspiracy case. He'd been working um, uh, on the the Mayborn Riviera uh, Hotel in Rockbrun Cap uh, Martin in France, and uh, he he took issue with letters that were allegedly circulated, which he claims contained false and defamatory information uh, about him and and caused substantial damage. These were, were, were letters which effectively informed people that he'd been excluded from access to uh, Mayborn hotels. And that was the first, I suppose, major lawsuit involved in this. Then we have another case which is taking place in France. The French case is actually been taken by one of Paddy McKillen's companies. It's a company called Hume Street Management Consultants. And they, I suppose, would be his development arm for the hotel projects, uh, building them, managing them and so on. And the company claims that it's owed around 20 million in France. And then following that, there was a lawsuit filed in L.A. as well, also by the same company, uh, Hume Street Management Consultants. And this is one similar issues here. Achillen helped develop that hotel. He claims his company has been cheated out of tens of millions of dollars. And this includes $18 million in hotel management and, and project management fees. And that case is, is, you know, very interesting. We haven't heard the Qatari side in it yet, but some of the filings that we have seen, uh, they've really painted this picture, this window into this world of uh, of the, the, the super rich Paddy McKillen flying out to Doha in uh, October 2018, meeting Sheikh Hamad bin Khalifa and the Sheikh's daughter uh, Lulwa on the, uh, the former Emir's yacht. They're discussing the Beverly Hills project. And you think, you know, big deal like this, there'd be loads of lawyers. You know, You're thinking boardroom and, suits, and, serious stuff. Yeah. You're expecting that there'd be lawyers there sorting out all, all of the finer points. But this doesn't seem to have been the case. Uh, this is a king or a former king and a property tycoon sitting down together and the king saying he valued McKillen's opinion. Uh, should he buy the hotel? McKillen said, yeah, you should go for it. There's value in the project. And then the emir basically turned to McKillen and said, well, if I buy it, will you manage it? Will you redevelop it? And such was the level of mutual trust that seemed to exist at the time. There's, there's no mention of any written agreement, you know, regarding how much McKillen's company would be paid. You know, he, he clearly didn't expect it to be 
the problem it became you know he clearly trusted uh, his Qatari partners at the time to come right for him so that's the third lawsuit and then the fourth lawsuit involves Frank Sinton the project manager who's very close to uh, Paddy McKillen and that lawsuit is, is somewhat similar to the Ronnie Delaney one where uh, Frank Sinton was excluded. You know, he claims he's been defamed by letters which were circulated by Mayborn. And um, it's the first case uh, that we're aware of where the other side, I suppose, the Mayborn side have hit back and they hit back in, in fairly stark and emphatic terms with, with some very serious allegations in recent weeks. Shane, there's also personal allegations that are being made against McKillen in this fourth lawsuit. Can you tell me about those? Yeah, it's rather extraordinary, really, because Paddy McKillen actually isn't part of this lawsuit. But we have in in filings in London uh, some very serious allegations being made against Paddy McKillen, which he disputes. Um, and these include claims that uh, that he wanted to hire a non-gay and British general manager to run Claridge's. Also, that he said some rather unpleasant things about a, a female uh, Spanish contractor. And the, the filings, they also include allegations suggesting corners were cut in the construction of the, uh, the new Emery Hotel. So, you know, all very serious if they were true, but... Paddy McKillen says the claims are untrue and defamatory. His lawyers actually told us uh, recently that they believed, or that, that, that Paddy McKillen believed that the claims had been advanced maliciously in order to damage his reputation in the context of uh, the ongoing uh, commercial dispute. So effectively you have an allegation here that serious claims are being made about McKillen as part of a, a tactic some sort of strategy to get the upper hand on him in this row over the £1.5 billion. So, as I said earlier, you know, we don't often get to hear a lot from Paddy McKillen, but this actually has moved Paddy McKillen to open up a bit and to talk a bit. You know, we we got a, a fairly lengthy statement from him about this. He said, I'm owed £1.5 billion. Um, and I'm not going to be distracted by this. These are tactics that are being used against me. He said that his father always advised him to keep away from the courts and the media, and yet he found himself facing a battle against people who have the resources of a wealthy Arab state behind them. He said he'd successfully fought massive battles against Nama, the Barclay brothers, but this battle was going to be different because... He's, he's effectively, he says he's going up against this wealthy Arab state. And I suppose we've seen from his previous lawsuits that he's not one for backing down. And my thanks to Shane Phelan for joining me today. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Gareth Mulhall, researched by Owen Maloney and Sorsha Mulgrew, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Clips from BBC, the Alan Alkin podcast, Inside Claridge's, the McGee Group and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Mm-hmm.